Yo. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. So free yourself for safe space for your concerns. We got things to learn, habits to unlearn. Always deconstructing and reconstructing. Can you see the beauty that's in destruction? If there's an end, the new beginning's coming. Nothing yeah. comes easy, does yeah. it? You gotta yeah. really want it. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do. Welcome to Unhinged While Anchored. I am your host, Goddess. And today we are going to be talking about living a life of disappointment and disillusionment. I am really excited to share the stage with one of my favorite podcasters, Uncle Dolomite from Too Much Game Podcast. How are you, Dolly? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's nice to see you again. Nice to be seen again. How are you? How are you? Uh, you know, life has been life in, but I am really actually glad to be back in my chair on the camera. <laughs> you know, it's nice to have a real distraction. <laughs> I feel it. This is so, a lot of our therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Uncle Dolomite is the host of Too Much Game podcast. He is a entrepreneur and he also provides knowledge to the youth in his own unique way. Tell us a little bit about your show, Dolly. Um it's just a whole lot of cussing. Most of it is uh I I try to give practical wisdom based on things that happen in the world on a timeline. You know, sometimes things that happen to me personally, but for the most part, I just try to pull some level of wisdom or some type of lesson out of anything that happens that I could relate to somebody and, you know, help them navigate different situations in in better ways. You know, it's kind of like a, a a mental health driven show where I keep people from going crazy and doing crazy shit. I can, I can understand that. Now, you already know that I'm a fan of yours. And the reason being is I like the way you bring street to reality. Um, because a lot of us don't think in that type of way, you know, where you have to be calculated. And one thing I like about you is you're looking back as well. You know, so any success that you find that you can get your footing into, you are helping everybody else. What kind of got you into that? Because a lot of your shows, you do talk about purchasing property, um, you know, setting up a type of legacy. What 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 led you that way? Um, like a lot of what I consumed in media growing up, I feel like was detrimental to what I've seen in life. Like a, a lot of like what we hear in music and what we hear from like typical street dudes that are in forms of media is like trying to glorify the street aspect of life in impoverished areas in the inner city. Like I don't, I don't want to be a, another voice making it seem like the streets is cool. Like it's cool to be some type of criminal. Like 
most of us when we hit a certain age as far as like men that come from that background like dudes who have actually done these things it's not cool to us it's only really cool to people who haven't done it so mm-hmm. a lot of what i use my platform is to get people who i think would go in that direction to go ahead and just skip that step and go straight to graduation like you don't have to be a street dude you don't have to do crime like it's a lot better to have investments than it is to have a criminal record it's a lot better to have a good job or a career or a healthy stable family than any of this shit that they push in music so that's pretty much what i try to use my platform for to like push people to do the things that i wish i knew at 20 now that i'm 41. So was there a day that you just kind of took that turn? Because, I mean, that is a little bit different path than a lot of people take. Is there something significant? If it's You don't have to answer if you feel it's too personal. Um, I don't know. I, I think it might have been probably, I don't know, sometime around, if not, when I got married, when I had my first child, it was like this street shit not cool, you know. Because like when I when I got with my kid's mom, um, she was like the first woman who I fucked with who didn't think the street shit was cool. Like she was the first girlfriend that I had that wasn't impressed by me being in a gang or me carrying guns or me doing none of this type of shit it was like damn this it's not cool to be the gangbanger it's not cool to you you're not impressed and she's like no so it's like you know what that shit ain't cool like you know the more people who i got around who actually had what i saw as true success none of them was impressed with any of this shit and it's like in the real world in the grand scheme of things nothing you do in the street is going to be impressive and nothing that's going to matter after the age of 30. like these rappers and a lot of these people in media are pulling the wool over your eyes and making you think that it's cool to be some type of street nigga. So it's like, you know, from the perspective of a nigga who actually done did it and been out there, that shit not cool. So if I was to like really say the time that it clicked, it was, you know, around the time of me meeting and courting my kids, mom. You know I'm a sucker for love. So the fact that a woman brought you off the street, I'm just, I'm all there for it. I love it, I love it, I love it. And (laughs) tell me, as is that kind of when you started podcasting or how did you get into podcasting? Um, I wanted to start podcasting around 2006. Um, I used to listen to Tariq Nasheed. He had this show called Mac Lessons Radio. And at the time, it was like a, you know, it was like dating focused based on um, a book he wrote called uh, The Art of Macking. And a lot of what he was saying was a lot of stuff that I agreed with. So when I decided that I wanted to do a podcast, originally I wanted to do like a dating show like that. Like, oh, I'm going to give dudes tips on how to get women because it's always been something I've been pretty good at. Like talking to women has always been like, a skill I've had so I was like yeah I could do a show like that so the older I got and you know 
where my perspective changed on life by the time i actually finally got a podcast which was um 2019 i was doing videos on snapchat and my homeboy uh being ready the super producer he had um hit me up like hey you want to do a podcast i was like hell yeah i've been meaning to do a podcast for about 13 years but you know in 2006 it was pretty much something you needed a whole studio for. Like it wasn't like now, all you need is a microphone and a laptop or a phone and you can have a podcast. Back when I decided I wanted one, you needed, you know, a whole setup, which I didn't have the money for. So 2019, when I actually decided to do a podcast, you know, where my mind was at the time was, what is it that I'm not hearing in podcasting? So that's when I was like, okay, well, you know, I'll just do, you know, an advice show that's not where, you know, like I said, Tariq Nasheed, who, you know, was the reason that I started podcasting. He was on the black empowerment lane, which I'm fully, you know, in agreement with. But I was like, it's not really nothing where it's like a street dude trying to push motherfuckers out the street. So I was like, you know, let me go ahead and take that lane. So, you know, 2019 is where I got my start and, you know, that's where my mind was. So that's pretty much what my show's been the whole time. I do. I do enjoy the fact that you broadcast from YouTube, but you do a dual cast onto Instagram um, to open your market. Uh, I I'm not a huge fan of YouTube. I know that's where the money is, is what they say. Um, I know this is a weird, how did you make the jump? Because it is a different kind of intensity on YouTube than it is on Instagram. Um, it just seemed like something that made sense, honestly. Like when I first started podcasting, it wasn't really a lot of podcasters on YouTube, but in my head, I just felt like it was it was a, a natural transition. Like, I, this is where podcasting is going to go at some point. So when I first started, I was just recording the videos and saving them. Like, I don't think I started putting them on YouTube till maybe like a year in. And I just backloaded all of them. Like, one day I just decided to upload every single episode onto my YouTube pages just so I could have them on there. but. Like, I, I, I'm really on YouTube just because I knew that's where podcasting was going. So it was just one extra place for people to hear the show because I know there's people who enjoy YouTube more than they do, you know, Spotify or Apple or any of that. Like, I got a lot of people that's like, oh, man, I, I, I watch a show on YouTube or I found your show on YouTube. Like, it's, it's so many people that watch YouTube and don't even use their TV for nothing but YouTube. So. You know, I just an uh, extra avenue for people to listen to the show. So be honest, how many times have you watched your first episode? Well, episode one, um, probably like four or five times. I have an episode that was before that, which I can well, which we called a pilot because my homeboy uh been ready. Um, in order for us to be a part of his network, we have to do a, what is called a test run or pilot episodes just to see if he feel like you could even do it. You know, like, don't waste my time. So here's 
here's your shot. Do an episode. If it's good, you cool. If it sucks, go on about your way. So my pilot episode, I don't think it's on YouTube, but I think it's in my RSS feed. That shit is horrible. So I, it's it's like it's like un. I can't even listen to. I can't even get all the way through it. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? But my first episode, yeah, probably about four or five times. Like every now and then, I go back and listen to it, like to see where I was and to see where I'm at now. But that pilot, which is technically my real first episode, I can't even get all the way through it. It's trash. <laughs> I. I, I did my seasons a little choppy. So my seasons one and two are very small. I think season one, I, I sat with like everybody um, pretty much. And then season two, I sat with Styles, and then I was like, I'm out. I'm going to take a break. <laughs> I had succeeded. He was my milestone. Um, however, it's a totally different studio this time. <laughs> But as you have gotten into purchasing property or, you know, looking into purchasing property, do you think that that is part of a American dream that feeds into the uh, disappointment and disillusionment that we're seeing um, currently unfolding, not necessarily in the Black community, but in the the general population. Um, I think the the push for entrepreneurship in general is a part of it because a lot of us are realizing that inflation is growing a lot faster than wages are. And mm -hmm. it's, it's seeming like as if it's like for you to stay an employee a lot of times, especially if you're not in like a highly skilled trade or something of that nature, it's like you you're gonna become a member of the permanent lower class so right. it's kind of like a you gonna have to figure something out because it's, it's getting to the point where there's going to be no middle class it's either going to be rich or poor so you either choose to be rich or you're choosing to be poor so what got me into you know looking to invest in property was literally like even though i make really good money this might not be enough later on. Like a hundred thousand dollars ain't what it used to be. Like right. to say that you're a six figure earner, you know, 10 or 20 years ago was like something to say, Oh man, you made six figures. That's a lot of money. Where nowadays shit, you can make six figures and not even own your home. Right. So it's like, now I have to make a move that I think is going to put me into a, a different financial area where I'm not going to have to worry about the rents keep going up. You know, the prices of homes keep going up. The prices of everything keep going up. And my wage is only going at this pace, but inflation is going way faster. So the reason I'm looking at property is because it's like the higher the rents go, the higher my income goes. You know, like I, I'd much rather be a part of the ruling class than the ruled class. So that's why... I'm looking into that because in the failure of society, I'd rather be collecting rent than trying to figure out how to pay some rent. 
I can definitely relate to that comment. <laughs> you know, I just, do you think that it's going to become more prominent for people to go the entrepreneur route? Um, as far as starting their own businesses, I know like you have merchandise for your podcast that's available on a website. Um, do you feel like that's where we're all headed, where we're going to kind of take some of that power away from corporate? Yeah, I feel like we're not going to have a choice. Like, I, I honestly feel like it's getting to a point where we're not going to be able to afford to have what a lot of people consider to be a nice life unless you have something going on outside of work. Because a lot of jobs that when me and you were little were considered good jobs aren't good jobs anymore. Right. Like where you can literally just have a pretty cool job. Like you can drive a forklift in the 80s and 90s and buy a home. Like you can drive a school bus and buy a home. You can work at the, you could be a mailman and you can have two or three cars, go on vacations, you know, have some money saved up. You know, most jobs offer pensions and retirement and all these things where now with us being adults, a lot of these things aren't offered no more. Like a lot of the jobs that we looked at when we was little, like, oh man, if I'm a mailman or a firefighter or one of these type of things, I'll be, you know, I'll be balling. I'll have a lot of money. I'll have, you know, two or three cars where now a lot of the people with these jobs are barely making it. You know, where when we was little, you can have six or seven brothers and sisters and your parents, if, as long as both of them worked, everybody would be taken care of. Now, shit, you got three or four kids. You can't even afford to get nice shoes for everybody. So it's like <laughs> if, if you don't have some type of business going on, your, your check ain't going to be enough. Like a lot of people are literally staying in bad relationships because they can't afford to live on their own as grown-ass adults. I'm glad that you brought that up because I have been having uh, conversations. Well, I've been in the, the room of conversations lately where there is an initiative, a lot of men stating if he provides and he pays all the bills, if he cheats, deal with it. Why are we in that space now where we think that accepting being treated badly is acceptable if the financial aspect is met because right now it's becoming so hard to just financially sustain yourself it's like at this point you know because even with people with jobs there's people working way more hours than people worked when we was younger like when we was little a 40-hour work week was enough Right. Now, I don't even know nobody working only 40 hours that can afford anything. Like 40 hours is like a half a week. Like most people who I know work 10 to 12 hour days, you know, six to seven day work weeks. So it's like if you can find a person who can financially float you, it's like, I don't give a fuck. Long as my bills and rent paid, hey, just don't bring me no diseases. Just don't <laughs> bring me an extra baby. And people is okay with that, where it may be fucked up, but it's like, what else you gonna do? Go out there and struggle, be broke. So, you know, it's it's like a it's just a fucked up place to be in. 
you know, can't a lot we, of women who got their money together, they not saying this shit. Can't we see that we've just recreated slavery? Shit, I feel like slavery been here the whole time. It's just been here by a different name. Like, you know, I've, I've told people, I feel like employment today is practically worse than slavery because at least in slavery, as long as you did your work, you was guaranteed food and shelter. Where now, if you work minimum wage, you are you can literally be homeless with a full-time job. Like, you won't right. be able to afford an apartment if you make minimum wage right now. That's worse than slavery. Like, yeah, you might have got your ass whooped back in the slavery days, but shit, at least you knew where you was going to sleep and what you was going to eat. Now, shit, if, if you don't make a certain level of income, especially if you live in, like, a big city, your ass would be getting off work to sleep in your fucking car. That is something that we're seeing more of. And even in the post online, there's just this increase of people just crying and struggling. You know, um, families that have tried to survive off of food. You know, it's like $300 to feed a family of five almost weekly sometimes in some houses. And $300 doesn't give you the food that it once did. It's like it fills the, the little basket in the front, <laughs> yeah. you know, not even in the back. And this is where I get frustrated. And this is where my passion comes in. This is where I want to take my show. We can build a salad together. We We as a community, right? You know, you have a different skill set than I do. So if we came together, that's one peg in building, you know, the foundation. If people were able to get out of their own way and stop looking at everything as a clout chase or as if they are somehow providing a service for free, it shouldn't be that way. We are all trying to get to the same place, right? We all want to have some level of independence, to not have to necessarily punch a clock every day. Why can't, and I know that you can't answer for the whole community. However, why can't we come together and say, I make, I grew tomatoes, you have lettuce. Let's put it together and make a salad because then we both eat. Because in the United States, we was taught that communism is evil like it, it's it's much better to be a rugged individualist than to be a part of a community like we was raised to uh worship the lonely billionaire like we, we're taught that jeff bezos bill gates elon musk are who we should look up to and communism is this evil thing like oh my god everybody's sharing how horrible, how how poor, how terrible, where you look at a lot of communist countries that's left alone and they the happiest motherfuckers in the world, like Denmark and places like that where it ain't no upper or lower class. Everybody's just living life and, you know, all the money is put into a pot and spread out evenly. Like there's no envy. There's no I'm better than you or, you know, none of that. Like in the United States, it's like, we thrive on inequality. Like there's people who literally feel like if 
I got $6 and you got $5, I'm better than you, so I'm happy with that. So even though there's a possibility of if we all get together, we could all have $100, I'd rather have 6 and make sure everybody surrounding me has 5 I'm cool with that. Like, I'm cool with having two cents over lunch money because at least I'm better than y'all. Where in other societies, they're taught that, like, you know, that's why a lot of people come from other countries and thrive in the United States because they're willing to live in a house of six people and mm -hmm. pull their money to where each of them is able to buy a house and thrive on their own. Where Americans are like, fuck that, you? get out, get it on your own. <laughs> Do it by yourself. Go figure that shit out. And nobody has shit. So, you know, we're, we're taught that individualism is better than collectivism. And that's why we fucked up. I, I can agree with that. Um, it doesn't seem right, though. It doesn't feel like it. Like, that's how it was when we were little. Like, I just remember knowing the neighbors i remember being able to go next door and borrowing sugar if i needed to you know um i am having a we're, we got some rain going on right now so i think i might be having some reception issues so if necessary i'll make some cuts but um i just want to let you know in case you see me come in and out my signal's being weird yeah, I see you get a little blurry, but so far I can hear you. So good, you know, good, it's all good. But yeah, um, like we we've been taught that community is a bad word because you know, like you said, when we was little, I used to do the same shit. Hey, uh, can we get a cup of, you know, a cup of sugar? You know, can we get a stick of butter? You know, can we get a little bit of ketchup? And that shit went back and forth, like right. you know. When I was little, we had actual neighborhoods. Like, we knew everybody on our street. We knew everybody around the corner. You know, our parents played cards. You know, all the kids would be in one room playing and all the parents would be in the living room. That right. shit is dead now. Like, a lot of us as adults, we don't know the motherfuckers who live next door. We've probably been living there eight years. I know my neighbor's first name. That's all. And I've lived here since 2005. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's not something that we do anymore. Um, you know, you had mentioned that we, we look at celebrities. I do feel that the way we idolize celebrities creates that bigger gap, you know, but then we see celebrity isn't really all it's cracked up to be because we see things like TD Jakes and, you know, uh, P. Diddy happening right now. Celebrity has a way of changing people. Do you think we can get to a place where we can flip it to where people want to be non-celebrity and celebrate that versus the other way around? Or is it always just going to be a money drive? If we unplug these phones, like it, it, it literally has to be a situation where we, we have to reprogram ourselves. Like we got to stop like subscribing to what society tells us is cool because like me personally like you know a lot of what i say on my show all the time like i don't do celebrity driven shows because i don't worship these motherfuckers i don't care what they do that shit right. don't affect me it don't affect my household i don't want it to affect my audience like a lot of where we fucked up at is worshiping what we see from these 
regular ass humans but they've been sold to us like they breathe a different air or they bleed a different blood like they shit stink like mine they make mistakes like i make why is it that we just worship these motherfuckers like if you say something about beyonce or Nicki minaj online these motherfuckers will come at you worse than they come at you if you talked about one of their kids it's like these people literally worship these celebrities like even when it comes to politics like a lot of people defend their favorite politician with just vicious anger and it's like nigga i just have a different opinion than you and you coming at me personally like i just said something about one of your family members or something but it's like we're taught to like worship people who live in our phone that's why a lot of this you know these different relationships that we have amongst podcasters it's like this is a learned behavior like they're teaching us that oh you got this many followers you're special oh you don't have that many followers you're not special you're you're not good you don't you only have this many like i don't want to follow you you don't got no you know what the kids call motion oh you don't have no motion you don't have no clout i ain't fucking with you and it's like society taught us that that's what we should value like have followers so even though you got a good relationship you got good kids and a happy life you ain't got no followers so you a fucking loser you know so we we gotta unplug from that answer it (laughs) you know it's not gonna happen though um we are really connected like you said and we are so connected that we will donate to a celebrity who has millions of dollars and make fun of somebody who lives next door who is asking for help. Yeah. People will tell a celebrity happy birthday every year, post them, play their music all day, but won't tell their best friend happy birthday in person. I don't understand that. I watched a person really get destroyed because, you know, they were doing some stuff behind the scenes. However, when a person is in need and they have to ask for help, we can't do that anymore. We can't ask for help anymore because if we do, it's a weapon against us or we run the risk of it being seen as a scam because so many people take advantage of it. It's like we don't have a way for winning anymore. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like, again, it's because if if you're not a celebrity, you don't count. If you're not a celebrity, you're not worth helping. You're not worth looking out for. Like, we'd rather help who we see looks like they got something than give to somebody who we see with nothing. And that's crazy. Like, you'll see a homeless person sitting on the side of the corner like, can I get a dollar? And it's like, hell no. You know, go get a job. But then you'll see a celebrity like, I need $5,000 from everybody. You know, there's this random charity that I just pulled out of my ass. And motherfuckers will send $500 to them motherfuckers and they don't need nothing. Right. People... People have literal family members who they see with a GoFundMe and they like, oh, here go Uncle Charlie begging again. Fuck Uncle Charlie. 
But oh man, Beyonce said, you know, these tickets are two thousand dollars to sit in the nosebleeds. I gotta make this happen. I gotta go support Beyonce. Right. You know, though, it's the way of the times, right? We can't trust anybody anymore. Everybody's got ulterior motive now. You know, I saw people begging on TikTok because they needed to go get their $20 fix, you know, and they use their kids and it's just disheartening. It's like we're losing every day because people are becoming more selfish by the hour. I don't know how it's going to change, but I do feel it has to do with that American dream. I really think that we need to dismantle that stuff. We need to burn it at the stake. We need to do whatever we need to do. And we need to stop selling that as a pipe dream. We don't want the Mm -hmm. American dream. We just want a dream. What is your dream? (laughs) Yeah. And like, honestly, like that's, that's what I kind of try to push. Like with, with my platform, like find what makes you happy and chase that. Like, don't let everybody else tell you what success is. Like, if you feel like you're successful, you're successful. If you feel you're beautiful, you're beautiful. If your girlfriend look good to you, she look good. Like, don't let society be like, oh, she's fat or she's too tall or she's dark skinned or, you know, she got this or she got that. I like it. So that's what happiness is for me. You know, if I feel like a thousand dollars a week is enough or i feel like five hundred dollars a week is enough if eating noodles every day is cool for me then that's cool for me like i don't believe in allowing the opinions of other people to sway what i do or how i move like nowadays a lot of people are too into how will this look on social media how will people perceive this you know oh i don't want to lose my followers or i don't want to get canceled if I have this opinion, p- people aren't going to like me or they're not going to like my show or they're not going to follow me on social media. So let me go buy some shit I can't afford so I can look like I got motion or look like I got clout. Like, you know, it, it's too many people trying to trying to be liked. That's why a lot of people don't want to work with other people. A lot of people don't want to join a community or network with other people or like, you know, like even doing certain people's shows. Like, mm-hmm. oh shit, you don't even got no fucking listeners. Why would I do your show? Oh, you right. you you only got this many episodes. Why would I do your show? You only got this many followers. Look, your last post only got this many likes. Why would I want to deal with you? You you ain't got nothing going on. It's like if we, you know, because like amongst a couple of podcasters who we fuck with, like, you know, me and King Jerm, we talk about it on the phone a lot. Like, I don't mind working with somebody who has maybe one episode, two episodes, because it's like there was a time when I didn't have shit going on. And I would have loved to have somebody with a bigger platform come and do my show. Like, let me borrow some of your listeners. You borrow right. some of mine and then we'll all have thousands amongst the group that we all running like we're helping each other as a group we're all colleagues we're not in competition but again american society has taught us that them niggas is your competition your neighbors your competition 
your it's coworkers so your competition. So everybody is looking like I gotta beat this motherfucker instead right. of you know we all are against the machine. The machine has taught us that the machine is who we're to look up to and help and worship, and our neighbor is our enemy. Like we got the whole shit backwards. Right. Yeah, I it doesn't make sense. And then they are the same ones talking about the black people need to come together. It it baffles the mind. However, <laughs> you you kind of touched on one of the questions I wanted to ask you. I really feel that this is correlated to entitlement. We have created a society of participation trophy um, members who truly feel that just because they wake up that they are supposed to be given some kind of something instead of working for it. Do you see that as well? Do you, it's not just in the youth, even people in my age group, it's like all of a sudden we're all entitled. I don't, I don't know when it changed. Shit, I think our our age group was probably the first to receive participation trophies. Like I I think when when I was little was my first time seeing a fourth place ribbon. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like I never even kept shit like that. Like the fuck is fourth place? If I didn't win, I don't want that shit. Like I don't keep nothing second, third, fourth. If I didn't win, I don't want shit. I'm I'm going home alone. But we were slowly taught in society that no, you're you're special. You tried. That's cool. As long as you you got in there and you 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 did your best. And it's like, no, motherfucker, you lost. Like we we're taught that bullying is is a terrible thing. Everything that that's gonna make you tough and build character is a bad thing, you know? And it's like, yeah, I don't believe in bullying or being, you know, malicious or mean, but the reason that a whole lot of people nowadays, I feel have so many mental health problems is because the things that used to build character in us growing up, we lost that. Like we were taught to, you know, stop talking bad about people. Everybody's a special little snowflake. So now we feel like, but I'm a snowflake. You can't call me ugly. I'm special. My mom told me I was special. I got this trophy from getting 17th place in the fucking tournament. So it's like, you know, now when everyone get that harsh dose of reality, that shit shakes your whole fucking spirit. Because it's like, I'm not perfect like my mom told me. I'm not a winner like they told me with my 18th place trophy. I'm not good. Oh my God, I'm depressed. I have anxiety. Wow. You know, now that I'm an adult in society, I can't handle the fact that I'm not as special as they told me I was when I was in 17th place. What's going on? So it's like, you know, a lot of us can't handle the harsh realities of life because we was raised to be taught that as long as you get out there and try, you should get something. And that me too mentality really gets on my nerves. Not the movement. Let's make sure we have that clarification. 
just that space where people think if you were given a hot dog when we went to the store, I should get a hot dog too because I was there. That's not a reality. That doesn't make any sense to me. And I've even stopped doing that with the kids because I recognize that I was creating this entitlement that every time I went to the store, I would grab them a bag of chips. And so it became an expectation and I'll be damned. That's not reality. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and a lot of people, they don't teach their kids reality. They teach their kids like, because it's something that a lot of people like, oh, I'm gonna give my kids everything that I never had. But a lot of people not teaching their kids a lot of the shit that they was never taught. Like, in, in, instead of passing your kids something that you didn't know, you'd rather just spoil them to death. Yeah, I I am of the mindset, F them kids. And, you know, and it's only because I'm not going to be here forever. I want them to be able to live outside of me, you know? And so I say that lightheartedly. However, I really do want my girls to be independent. I want them to be able to do what I can't do because there ain't no way I'm changing the tire. You know, um, however, I want them to be able to. I have a true dependency on others when it comes to stuff like that. I don't want that for them. However, mm -hmm. I see that people as little as three and four have cell phones. They're coming out of the womb now and, you know, with their own chauffeurs. I don't. It's a Jetsons yeah. mentality we have right now. And we live in the Flintstone era. Yeah, because it's like people are giving too much of their mental capacity to their cell phone. Like where we used to have to solve math problems in our head and show our work. Now they just get you a calculator in school. Like here, you know, type these numbers in. And it's like even when it comes to creating art, like where you used to have to be a talented artist. Now all you got to do is type in the AI prompt. Like, oh, you know, give me a picture of Super Mario smoking a blunt with Donkey Kong. And now you can sell that as an art piece. You didn't draw anything. You didn't create anything. You just typed it in. And now you're an artist. Fuck talent. You know, like we're, we're, we're giving too much of what used to be human brilliance to machines. You know, to the point where it's going to be a, a point in society where it's going to crack somewhere. Because a whole lot of people who are so used to giving all of their intelligence to these machines is going to be like, we're not going to be able to do shit. It's going to get to the point where it's going to be like, I can't even walk because, you know, they're going to start giving kids, oh man, just sit in this chair. It'll walk for you. You, you know, like it's even with sports. And Wally. And Wally. Yeah, exactly. Because like, think about it. Kids used to play sports. Like go outside play sports they literally have leagues now where you play video game sports so even though you can't jump run shoot a basketball or dribble you could be a professional basketball player with a fucking joystick in your hand because you can play 2k real good or you can play madden real good or Fortnite real good so you have no athletic talent but you're considered to be an athlete because of how good you are with a fucking joystick 
Do you see, though, it's very intentional. We have shifted our mindsets to celebrate mediocrity, you know, and it is it is flowing backwards into that Flintstone type mindset. So that way people rely more on the man. And mm -hmm. they don't recognize it as such because we are driven by money. I, yeah. I commend those who take themselves off the grid. Not I need, you need the internet and things because that's part of our livelihood. However, those who have been able to take Uncle Sam out of their, their house, they seem to be a lot happier. Yeah. And, you know, like I, I say that, you know, a lot to people when it comes to relationships. Like if if you genuinely want for your marriage to work, I feel like y'all, you and your spouse should get off social media. If you're not using this shit to promote a brand or sell something, delete this shit. Because all it is is the illusion of options. All it is is a commercial for your dick or pussy. So if you truly value your relationship, what the fuck are you even doing on here? Like this, this, this is social media is an evil fucking place. That's true. Like, you know, it's it is it, it's literally like like choppy waters. So if you're a good enough swimmer to to swim through this shit, it's cool. You know, you can get wherever you want to go. But the majority of society can't handle this shit the way that it should be. Uh, social media is the northern seas <laughs> from TikTok. Yeah, yeah so, social media is fucked up. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, because like I tell people, like, you know, I, the only reason I'm on here is because I promote my show on here. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I have fun on here because, like, you know, I, I've been blessed with bulletproof mental health. Like, I, I was raised to be tough my whole fucking life. Right. So a lot of shit that shakes a lot of people, it don't shake me. Mm -hmm. So somebody having a negative opinion of me on social media, that shit don't fuck with me like it fucks with a lot of people. Like, a lot of people will literally get on here for about 30 to 45 minutes, and it'll fuck their whole day up because of a conversation they had on a live or in a comment section on a post like i've literally had people threaten me because of my opinion on a post and i'm literally laughing at them like dog i live in your phone why why are you caps locking me why are you cussing at me why are you telling me pull up nigga i'll whoop your ass and i'm like exhibit a Go to my page, my nigga. Do you know who you talking to right now? Like, you don't even know me like that. You saying, you know, drop your location. Like, nigga, I'm not really one of them in real life. And that's why, like, I think with me, I don't allow social media to get to me because I know everybody on here lying. You know, and like, this is like something that I might have to go over like one day on one of my episodes. Like... You you have a lot more fun on social media when you realize it's not real. A lot of people really think this shit is real. Like they look at followers as some type of currency. Like that's a social status. You got a lot of followers. You got really pretty pictures. So you got a high status. Me personally, I know all y'all motherfuckers is lying. So what y'all say, it don't fucking matter to me. 
You say you got a two foot dick. I know you lying. She say she got that wop. I know she lying. He say he rich. I know he lying. She say she don't need a man and she happy being single. I know she lying. So I just jump on here like, oh man, everybody's lying. This is fun. So when somebody <laughs> tell me they don't kill me, I'm still having fun. I'm still laughing because I'm like, LOL, my nigga, like, because you wouldn't say that to me in person. 90% of what we hear on social media, we wouldn't hear in person. You have a thousand people on social media in these comment sections talking about how they'll fuck you up if they see you and they don't like you. And these same dudes, if they saw you in person, they'd be trying to eat your ass. Right, like, don't leave! My, my guy, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, and you know, a lot of these motherfuckers, you know, because like, even like, you know, like I've told people, like, even a lot of these social media friendships, nigga, we not friends. You don't know my kids. I don't know yours. You never been in my house. If I really had a, a true issue, you wouldn't fucking help, help me. Like, we're not friends. Now, nigga, we just... I know that you've told me your government, but I don't remember it because you're doling to me. You know, it's just because that's not important. You know, it's I, I'm not trying to find out any more about you than I already know, you know, and I've I've seen a lot of immaturity as it relates to the pull up concept, you know. You don't like Twinkies. Oh, no, no, no. Pull up. We go, we going to discuss this. Because of a Twinkie? Like exactly. And the thing is, like I said, like a, a a lot of what makes me laugh is, you know, like I I just had one of these little disagreements with somebody probably about 2 or 3 days ago. Um I can't even honestly remember what the post was and what my opinion was. Oh yeah, it was about Kanye West. You know, because I'm like, why do you motherfuckers think because he makes dope ass music, he's the messiah? Like he's he just ramble off a bunch of stupid shit and y'all just, oh my god, Kanye's a fucking genius. Oh, the Zionist, oh, all of this. He wasn't mad at these motherfuckers till they stopped paying him. You know, but it's like because y'all fuck with his music so much, you worship him. So, like, I'm telling these dudes online, like, y'all niggas need to chill. Nigga, he's a musical genius. But otherwise, he's a fucking idiot. Oh, fuck. I you. agree. You don't, you don't know. You, you just too slow to catch what he's saying. You're dumb. And I'm like, my nigga, if you think a rapper is your source of information, use a stupid motherfucker. Nigga, give me your, give me your location. I'll pull up. And then I go we to your fucking page. Yeah, like, I, I go to page and you a poindexter like dude you, you wouldn't want to run into me in the dark now. you know just like somebody who uh you know you've had a disagreement with me and him had a disagreement i told him the same thing like i'm not the nigga you want to run into in the dark alley like don't let this handsome face fool you i'm not i'm, I'm not one of your homeboys i'm not these niggas on the internet like i don't even play like that like I'm 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 one of them for real. Like I'm not the the interview. It's a lot of shit that I don't tell you niggas online because the statute of limitations ain't up. So don't play with me on here. So that's why like a lot of the conflicts that I have on the internet, I leave laughing because it's like nigga, I didn't really did everything y'all lie and say you'll do. You know, and it goes back to why my content is what it is. I don't glorify shit because I've done it. I've seen it. 
I've dealt with the consequences of it. So it's not cool or funny or cute to me. Like talking about murder is not fun to me. Like I got dead homeboys. I got dead family members. So it's it's not cute or funny when you talk about sliding on ops and smoking this person and oh yeah, nigga, I, I keep it on me because I do this and I'll shoot you and I'll do that. And it's like, nigga, that shit real to certain people. That's not cool or cute to niggas who've actually lived that. Prison ain't cool or cute to niggas who've actually been there. Like when you gotta go on a visit and they make you bend over and spread your fucking cheeks just so you can see your family. That shit not cool or cute. It's only fun on the internet, but it's not fun when you actually got to go through it in real life. My daughter is behind me right now, so I apologize. Oh, shit. Um, My son just ran past (laughs) If you could give one piece of advice to somebody that is starting out on an entrepreneurship, what would you give him? Um, honestly, do as much research as you can before you start spending money. Like, don't get analysis paralysis where you're literally missing out on opportunities because you're so busy doing research, but just try to make as many informed decisions as you can and try to network with people who have success in what you're trying to do. Now you were, you said that you found Ben Ready. Um, and so you do have kind of a sponsor. Um, how do people find those? Asking for myself too, because I, you know, that's something that I'm interested in, but it's not, it's not an easy pursuit. Yeah. And you know, it's just like what I said, like it's networking and talking to people. Like, you know, we we talk to you, we talk to each other. So it's kind of like, you know, just get into a pool of people who have information. You know, like, okay, where'd you meet that person? How did you meet that person? How did you get this relationship? How did you get this guest? How did you be a part of that network? Who do I got to talk to? You know, it's the same as, you know, like I said, with the sense of community, like a lot of people got their job through a friend or through a family member or through a friend of a friend. So, you know, just like with entrepreneurship or anything, it's just a whole lot of networking. I know Ben Ready through his cousin who was my coworker who introduced me to my wife. So Ben Ready, it wasn't like a podcast thing. It was literally like blind fucking luck, honestly. He had a podcast network. I was talking my shit. He invited me to start a podcast. So as far as finding somebody like that, you don't really need them because it ain't like being ready pays me money. All he does is um, distribute my show to all these platforms. That's like what he does for me. But if you're looking for somebody like that, it just is kind of like a conversation, like you know. I can now I, I have tried to. I did reach out to somebody, and I was like, "Hey, here's what I have. I can show you where I've had great engagement. My numbers are going up, and then I stopped doing my videos. I can show you where if I don't do it, the numbers will go down." 
So I can, I have this as like, hey, take a chance on me. Instead of telling me no, they just stop talking to me. There's, there's a lot of cowardice in the world. People are yeah. so afraid of saying no now. It's, how do you do business that way? You just got to knock on a lot of doors. You know, because that's pretty much like something that I push a lot about entrepreneurship. There's no entrepreneurship that or there's no entrepreneur that fail or that has no stories of failure. That's never heard. No, that's never fucked up or got a door slammed in their face or got told your music is trash or your product is terrible. So it's kind of like you just going to have to get used to the word no until you get a yes. I am good with no. I would like for the no to come. You know, that's that's how business is conducted. We don't just turn tail and run because we're afraid somebody's going to be mad at us. You know, this is not good business. But I digress. I digress. But now with the, a lot of entrepreneurs aren't really entrepreneurs because, like I said, it's so many people now that have been sold the idea of entrepreneurship it's a lot of people just jumping into it because they feel like it's a sexy thing. It's Same with podcasting. It's a, it's a lot of motherfuckers right now doing a podcast just because everybody else is doing one. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you have a mission. It's not that you have talent. It's not that you feel like this is something that you're passionate about, but you see that your favorite celebrity got one and your homeboy got one and these niggas on social media got one. So there's literally niggas like, I want to do a podcast. Oh, what you want to do it about? I don't know. I just want to have a fucking podcast. Why the fuck do you want to have one if you don't even... You don't know what you want to name it. You don't know what you want it to be about. You don't have a fucking mission statement, a bio. You just want to fucking have one because you know that that's like the cool thing to do. Like being a rapper in the early 2000s. Like, I want to be a rapper. Why? Because rappers got money. Because rappers look cool, because rappers fuck all the bitches. So even though you don't have no skill, no talent, nothing about you that says rapper, it's been sold to you that Jay-Z is the coolest nigga in the world, so you want to be a fucking rapper. You know, same with podcasting, same with entrepreneurship. Oh, you know, why do you want to do real estate? I don't know, because it's money. You know, yeah, and then wonders why the dreams never work out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Because people aren't doing things for the mission; they're doing it for the money. The reason hip hop is declining is because they're not in it for the talent; they're in it for the money. It's it's no longer the art form; it's the business. So you look at a sexy red who has no real lyrical skill or ability. But it's like, shit, she got a cold gimmick. She making money. So I want to be like that. You know, when we was little, it was about who's the dopest rapper, who's the most talented rapper. Now, if you rich, you can literally get on there. Oh, what the fuck is this song about? I don't know. But shit, it's it's selling. It's It's a bop. It's a bop. It's in the clubs. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it's like it's no longer about who's the most talented. It's about oh, y'all just hating. So even though I don't know what the song is about, and it's honestly terrible, and this dude is a horrible rapper. Look at his look at his chain. Look at his car. 
Look at all the bitches in the video. He's he gotta be the best because look at all the sales. And it's like now, if, if if you even have a negative opinion on somebody who's successful with no talent, you just a fucking hater. Right. You know, so like we're ta we're taught to worship mediocrity. Like, ooh, look at sexy red. She booming. So right. even though there's a thousand females that can wrap circles around her ass, if you bring their name up, you a fucking hater. Yeah, that's that's something that I will never understand, but it's not for me to understand. But you know what time it is, Dolly? Your favorite time. <laughs> the goddess seat. My favorite part of the show where I get to make a black man blush. <laughs> I'm just kidding. However, as you know, I completely adore you. And I, I really do applaud what you're doing. It's not easy to hold conversations with a more hard-headed lot. You know, they, they know the way. And so the way that you do it, I can appreciate. You do say a lot of curse words. I'll give you that. But, you know, that's that pastor flavor from the streets that you add. And it resonates. You know, you've had some longevity. You are seeing a, an uptick in your followers. You know, your, your message is starting to land. And I just want you to know that we're listening. You know, it's not going to be for me. You know, your messages aren't always for me, but I still can find value in them, you know, because you do have a different insight that I don't. And I just want you to know that I still absolutely adore you. You're still my gentle gangsta. And I just wanted to give you a little bit of love. <laughs> Thank you. Right. You know that that's that's the beauty of podcasting, honestly. Like everything is not for everybody, but there's somebody for everybody. Absolutely. Like, so even though you know there's gonna be some people that's gonna be like, nah, too much profanity. That's cool, you know. Like it, it's for who it's for. So, right. Like I I don't take offense to people who don't fuck with it because it's for who it's for, and and you know again like that's the participation trophy culture of people being like, but, but you gotta like it, but I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm podcasting. I'm putting out shows. Why aren't you liking it? Why aren't you sharing it? And it's like, cause it's not for them, you know, network with, with who your people are, do what you do because you want to do it. Not because you think that people going to fuck with it. Because if I could give, one piece of advice to any podcaster who wants to start. If you're not willing to do it for free, don't do it at all. That. Absolutely that. If you are here for money, you are here for the wrong reason. <laughs> yeah, like but, if this ain't something you're doing because you just love doing it, don't fucking do it. Right. Because you, you might go five years without making no money. You might right. go a fucking decade without making no money. Like you might do 30 or 40 shows and you might have four people listening to the motherfuckers. You know, so if, if you're doing it because you think you're going to get a big ass following and a bunch of people tuning in and listening and a bunch of fucking callers and 
commenters and fucking fan mail, just quit before you start. Don't even waste your money. Right. I I agree with you. Do not waste your money. But Dolly, can you tell us where to find you? Um, Uncle Dolomite or Too Much Game Podcast on Instagram. Uh, Uncle Dolomite on X, TikTok. Um, Uncle Dolomite or Too Much Game Podcast on YouTube. Too Much Game. T-O-O Much Game. You can Google me. I'm Googleable. He's Googleable. <laughs> That's not even a word. <laughs> I just want to thank you, Dolly, for joining me. This is your second trip to my stage. Hopefully it's not the last. We have definitely um, started to draft a really unique friendship within the, the podcast community, and I appreciate you. Join me next week when I talk to Saint or Sinner. Who's the host? You'll have to wait and see. For everybody else, thank you so much for waking up today. I love you. And be nice. It's easy. Soft words and harsh truths. You got issues, I got issues, we all do.